When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pizza, I ordered it. Oh, yeah. What'd you get? Pepperoni? Yeah, I just got pepperoni because it's, you know, it's the safest. Who would be mad about pepperoni? Right, exactly. Do you like pineapple on your pizza, though? Yes. I uh, love it. But you're not like, you're not like I'm one not, of those that's no, like, no, no, it's no, not no. pizza. No, no, no. Not not at all. I, uh, I, I, I don't prefer it, but I'm not offended by it either. My uh, pineapple on pizza is fine. My favorite. We just ordered a pizza, Airheads. One of my favorite. Eat it after we get done talking to y'all. Yeah, one of my favorite pizzas is pepperoni, black olives, and pineapple. Okay. I think it's fire. Because too many people wrap. They're like, oh, pineapple goes on Canadian bacon and pineapple, and it's like, sure, but you can also just ask for it on anything else. So with pineapple, pepperoni, black olives. Oh my god, bro. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, pizza does hit. What's this place you're getting? Shout them out. Uh, it's uh, it's called Fernandez New the York Pizza. pizza. You the... fuck with them, I, cause I yeah, every time I hear. Them, yeah. Listen, do a little shout out to them in your camera. Maybe they'll sponsor us. Yeah, that's Fernandez true. New York Pizza somewhere in the general Burbank area. I don't know because I always order it delivery, but y'all hit real hard because like it's their it's, meatballs are unbelievable. It's floppy, greasy New York style pizza, yeah. which like where are you at on that? Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, it's my now, favorite granted, too. Now, granted, I also love super crispy pizzas, and sometimes they get they get both right. And here's how you get both right: if you've got a big slice. And you cook it extra crispy, but the fact that it's a big slice, the cheese will then weigh it down. So when you when you fold it, it will still be floppy. There is a way to get it floppy and crispy at the same time, and New York does that so well. We've talked on this show about how I think Detroit style is probably the most underrated pizza mm-hmm, that there is. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, I mean, like living in New York, having a pizza that you can walk around with, that big flop, the grease... Like, all these fucking people that go around, they're like, well, let's blot all the extra grease off. I'm like, oh, so you want a flavor napkin just floating around there? Because the grease is exactly what's up. Dude, I'm for it. It's the best type of pizza. Okay, you're hitting for me real hard. We're going to have to stop talking about pizza uh, because I'm hungry. Yeah, right. I'm hungry already, and it's bad news. So. Happy New Year, everybody. It's not Happy New Year. Yeah, I just about knocked my tea glass over. It's not quite New Year's, as you know, as you're watching this or listening, but it's almost New Year's, and we're here with Reginald Fitzgerald Pumpernickel the fourth, the third. Otherwise, third. otherwise known as Reggie. Yeah, Reggie. Reggie Squirrel right here. I'm Trey. That's Corey. This is Putting On Airs. We're in Airstream Studios, ready to ring in 2023. How are you feeling about 2023, Cho? Not good. Mm. Uh, yeah. Not good. Just because but that's do you think a number. You're feeling, I feel like I may be feeling better about 2023 than I felt about 2022 going into it. Maybe. Well, I always Which feel like, better about the positive, new year. You know, it's a positive trend, well, I guess. We always but think. But like most of our years. They don't they hit. They don't hit. No, they don't like hit. All the recent years we've had have been pretty big letdowns. It's like, what is going on with this year? 
why don't years hit anymore? I feel like years used to hit for people. I mean, you know, well, for white people at least. Most yeah, of years the years, hit. most of the years for most of the people have generally not not hit, have not hit for all of history. Yeah, Here's so where I'm at. I guess it's just more of the same. Really, 2023 sounds like such a science fiction year, right? Like, like all the I, stories that were written that I really like from like the 70s and 80s, they right. always use the 2020s as like their I that's know. the future. I, I used so to, when I, I used to, I had a bit about that for a while. It was like when we were in 2020, I was like, this is I, the future. When I was a kid, 2020 was like the future. Yeah. And what I thought the future would be like, like imagine going back in time and telling your 12 year old self what 2020 was actually like right. compared to what, you hoped it would be like in, at 12 because it was the future and it's horrifically depressing, but you know, ain't for, no flying cars. ain't no robot butlers. Right. Ain't none of that shit. And we, and right. That's what I'm saying. Like every year that is a 2020 something uh, year, I expect all the things that like Orwell said was going to happen and it doesn't, but like from a personal standpoint, not to get like too emotional or whatever, but 2023, will be the year that I have my first child. I will be 30. Oh, there you go. Okay, I'll be okay. Th- I'll be 35, which is like... This is going to be a good year. Not it, 35 is not old, but it is like a, a landmark age. Dude, 35, I, I'm going to argue right now, 35 is actually the perfect age. I mean, I kind of think so. It's like, I'm not elderly but i'm not a young buck like 35 you kind of know what you're doing i think it's the perfect age to have a kid and that's why we waited but like 2023 i'm gonna have a kid for the first time i'm gonna be 35 years old um i've got a lot of interesting uh film and uh just career prospects online i'm excited about it but i say that this has happened before where I was excited about a year and then a yeah a demon plague, you know, nice. scours the earth. So I don't know. But like for me, just in my personal life, I have to think 2023 might it's possible it might be the literal best year of my life because I'm going to have a child. We know it's fine. I've always found this humorous and not to get too political, but I feel like to a whole lot of people, uh, well, to at least about half the people. 2016 was nightmare. The worst year on earth. And yeah. like, I almost feel bad saying it, but 2016 is objectively probably the greatest year of my life. Right. Uh, my, mine too, until like, now. Right. Out, uh, you just, cause like, that's the year my dreams came true. Yeah, right. Mine so, too. Like, cause uh, I siphoned my dreams off of your dreams. Right. It's wild feeling that way about a year. And then since then, every year going into it, I'm like, this could be the year. Well, and then at the end of that year, I'm like, this weren't but, the year. And so now it's like, well, we'll see. I have a very similar feeling, but about the pandemic, mm-hmm. because like you popped in 2016 and I got to siphon my hits off of you in an otherwise terrible year. Everybody has like negative feelings about the pandemic. <laughs> And they should, but the pandemic is actually when I individually popped. Like, I learned how to make videos, and, like, I started making a lot more money. So, like, when people talk about the pandemic, I always have to go, okay, it's just a silver lining thing here, but, like, those were some of the best years of my life because I got to stay at home, I got to be with my family, and I learned how to be an entertainer from my house. Like, the buttercream dream is the greatest thing that's ever you you popping is the first great thing that's ever happened to me. The buttercream dream is the greatest thing that ever happened to me individually. And it was during a horrible time. So it stands to reason that, Trey, it's all shit. Horrible times hit for us. They do. 
when things are bad for everybody on earth, me and you thrive. Thrive. Absolutely <laughs> crush. Now, but all right, where you at on New Year's Eve, though, specifically? I've never Taking been. Taking all that out of it, where you at on New Year's Eve? I've never been a huge fan. Me neither. Of, never. Here's never what I, been a big and fan. And it's not just that. I'm not a huge fan of holidays that's only purpose is for you to get drunk. drunk. Like well, Cinco buddy, de Mayo. That's like most of them, really. No, I know. Well, not Christmas. Right. And no. not Thanksgiving. Yeah. And not... Uh, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. July 4th, Day, I think. Cinco like, de Mayo. Like, yeah, Cinco like, de Mayo. And nothing against the Mexicans, obviously. No, but like, as far as like... we Like, I don't like holidays that everybody's just like... We're it's doing an excuse this. to get hammered. It's an excuse to get yeah. hammered. Because like, even though I'm a dude that likes to drink, like, I don't... I, especially in my older age, like I don't really like that anymore. Like, cause people always, what's funny is that people always, for some reason really do believe that one calendar day and the fact that the number on the end of the year being different is going to change everything. They're like, well, this will be a better year than the last year. And it's like, first off, I don't know if you know this time is not linear. We only perceive it to be that way. Right. Things There's are really shit. no difference between December 31st and January 1st. Not any. In any way Not at any. All, other than like what we put it's upon not, it. It's not like the fact that there, because you hear a lot of people all the time, they're like, I just can't wait for this year to be over. And it's like, it's like what you really is, think the next one's going to hit? What is going <laughs> to, what is going to change in 24 hours? Right. It doesn't make any sense, but no, I don't like it. I don't like, like, I think for the past like three years, I've even like fallen asleep before the ball dropped. Like it's not a thing. Me too. It's not I, a thing so that I care about. Pretty much. I mean, my kids are about to be 10 and 11. And for most of the, are you fucking serious? Yeah, I mean, you know that. I know, but I keep forgetting it. And then yeah. you tell me, because like in they my mind, more, they're five and six. They are more than halfway to being adults. Because I've known these which kids. Is fucking nuts. I've known these kids from life. the time they were born. Their whole life, yeah. Right. And so if they're yeah. 10 and 11, yeah. that means I've known you for yeah. 12 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that don't hit for me. No, it's Having why. known you for this long, don't well, hit for me. Why? That hits. Because we're, well, having. Cause we're old, we're getting older. Oh well, yeah, that that part, hurt. like, right. like I, st there's part of me that still feels like we just met and we're just now buddies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, we were suckling babes when we first met, though. Man, we really were, yeah, or we, I was especially we soulmates. Old, yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so my kids are about to be ten and eleven, and um. Most of the new year since they've been born, I've been in bed before the ball drop. Right. Because, but I was about to say, and I, I want to come, I want to make sure and come back to New Year's resolutions in a minute because I want to talk about that. Oh, too. Great. But, new yeah. year, but New Year's Eve, like, even before kids, even when I was like, a real serious drinker and partier. And you, you know are, what I mean? Like, and we were together. Even back then, New Year's Eve, didn't really hit for yes i would still get drunk on new year's eve but like girls dress kind of slutty this, yeah hits, but i yeah. had this uh i had this uh boss for a while when i the bar i worked at when i met katie the guy that owned it i remember he always used crawl to daddies. say yeah crawl daddies shout yes. out shout out crawl daddies in cookville the guy that owns it drew shout out drew he used to always say it was like new year's eve's fucking amateur night man like especially he also said crawl daddies don't hit no, 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 no. Drew, the owner of Crawl Oh, I thought you meant Drew Morgan. No, 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 no. Drew, no, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, we will not talk that, about him on this podcast. That, I, no, I just mean I'm not going to give him the time of day on saying Crawl Days don't of hit. Because Crawl Days does hit. It does anyway, hit. Anyway, the guy that owned Crawl Days, he used to always say like that 
New Year's Eve was amateur night because he was in like the service industry, owned a bar and shit. And he was like, that's when people are at their fucking worst. He's like, there, there's a million of them. They're all drunker than fuck. Ever, it's like a special night, so people want to have a special experience. They're all like more entitled than they usually are, right. and they're just all over the place. And it's like if you try to go out and have a good time, everywhere's packed with other people. And there's an old saying: "You're not stuck in traffic; you are traffic." Right. So it's like if you're out there doing it, you're part of the problem. But like, it just don't, it just don't really hit. I don't. Think. I will. If you have a good house party. With like of just your like close friends, close your, just your close friends. You got some hors d'oeuvres, people bake some shit, make it happen, whatever. And y'all watch the ball drop together. That can hit. But like trying to go out and do it real big on New Year's Eve, that's never been it But let me, me tell you, it only hits if New Year's Eve happens to fall on a Friday or Saturday. If it, New Year's Eve falls on a Tuesday... I don't want to come to your fucking house. Mm -hmm. Like now, granted, I, me and you don't have the like regular nine to five grind. We can kind of like make our own schedule, but like, I don't like if it's a night that we were already supposed to be partying, like sure, whatever. But like, yeah, I don't like the excuses to get drunk, but I will tell you from, you know, you're talking about crawl daddies and how his experience was terrible for new year's Eve because of the business that he owned. As a comedian, when I first started doing stand up, oh, New Year's right. Eve was New actually Year's Eve is rad. A huge, well, it I, was rad. But but okay, I want to get in. This is inside baseball a little bit because we're talking about the stand up comedy version well, whatever. of New Year's Eve. But I've always, I've gotten the opposite impression from a whole lot of comics of like, no, I'll, I'll get into doing, that doing stand up on New Year's Eve because a lot of clubs they want to do a big New Year's Eve thing to bring in a big headliner or whatever. And I've always kind of gotten the impression that like with most things New Year's Eve related, it's a little bit nightmarish. Well, it it, it uh, is, but not from the crowd my is position. Drunk as fuck not from and... my position because when I first started doing it, when I first started working on New Year's Eve, I was the host of the comedy catch and what would happen on new year's eve to me is michael would bump me up to feature because he's like it's a big night so we're gonna let you have the feature spot then we're gonna bring in a different host and we're gonna have this headliner comedian the pay was better surprisingly there was a lot they were drunk it was a nightmare but to me it was always a like this is a moment like i would wear a jacket you know like i would i would dress up for the occasion and they always at the comedy catch they had a party afterwards in the grill where everybody was dancing and I got laid every time because, <laughs> because I had just gone on stage and crushed. And then the women, some women would see me in there and I was single and they would want to get with me. But once I started getting like more acclimated with stand up and better at it, I started realizing like, Oh, this is a hell gig. This is, there's a reason that he's letting me come do. And so now I don't work new years and like I think a lot of comedians say that like that's the that's the hallmark of when you make it is if you don't have to work New Year's because mm. most comedians would be like no you got to work New Year's because they pay you double right. right but like every all my friends all my comedian friends I mean, like I think, I think there's a lot of hitting comics that still do New Year's of shows no of course of course there of course there are but like my thing was like. I'm not, once I make it, I'm never working New Year's again. Right. And all, a lot of my comedian friends up to the, hey, where are you at on New Year's this year? And I'm like, I'm not working New Year's. And they're like, you don't want double the money? And I'm like, I don't need double the yeah, money. No, and it's a is, nightmare and I'm not doing it. That is way in which we're, uh, I guess, sort of privileged in the comedy world. We are. We're yeah, very we privileged. We, we, don't we, do we, haven't, we haven't worked New Year's in seven years. Yeah, right. But like most of them have to. And I'm just like, no, my reward to myself is not having to work New Year's. 
So going back to the New Year's resolutions, where are you at on those? They're stupid. Right. They're, they're the same. I've always thought they were dumb. People ask me, what's your resolutions? And I'm always just like, listen, I know myself. I don't have any. You know why? Because I'm going to fucking break them. Right. And it's like, well, maybe you should be a better person with better discipline and self-control. But I'm like, no, I'm just not going to set those expectations on myself and roll with it that way. But yeah, I don't I don't do them. I don't on do them because I know I know I'm not going to. I'm not going to stick with it. Well, I just try to be better every day, regardless right, of yeah. what it is. Like, so on a micro level, the New Year's resolution is the same thing as when people, it's like Thursday and they're like, well, I'll start my diet on Monday. Yep. Right. And it's like, you have to look at that and go, think about what you're saying right now. Days of the week don't really matter. If you need to start eating healthier, you do it right now. Monday's not going to be any different. And what's going to happen is you're going to, it's just an excuse that you've built in so that you don't have to do a thing that you know is going to be hard. You're going to get to Monday and you're not going to do it. And you go, well, you can't start a diet on Tuesday. I guess I'll start next uh, week. It's like that accidental paradox, the, the accidental hanging. It exactly never happens. It, it, it never happens because if you don't do it on this day, it's like days of the week don't fucking matter. And if there's something about yourself that you don't like, start tomorrow. You're not going to get it done on New Year's. You're putting way too much pressure on yourself. And also what happens is people try to go way too quick, too or way too fat, way too hard, way too fast. They're like, I'm going to stop eating carbs and I'm going to go to the gym every right, day. Yes. It's like, yep. dude, you that need to do that's one. That's not sustainable. You, you need to start right. small. It's a, people set these unrealistic expectations for themselves because of how New Year's resolutions work. And you're right. It's like, no, it's like... It's a little bit of everything. Take it slower. You put all that shit on yourself. All you're going to you do is no let human yourself being. down. We're not all the rock. Right. Like, we're not all the rock. My sister, who, shout out to my sister, Kirby. Y'all know her from Little House of the Dragon podcast. Now, she's sort of an anomaly in this, but she recently was like, I'm going to quit smoking cigarettes. She's like, I've smoked cigarettes since I was 15. I've got a daughter. I don't want her to smell like cigarettes. I don't want to die early because of her. And I was like, that's awesome, Kirby. And then she also told me, she goes, and I need to lose 30 pounds by Christmas. And I go, Kirby, listen to me. I need you to pick one mm -hmm. because those two buck up against each other absolutely and, and you just you that's not sustainable you're and trying you're, real hard to smoke cigarettes you're gonna get a little fat of course and yeah. i was like you're gonna you're gonna like you're gonna fail and you gotta i'm put not something in your mouth and I, you, right? and I was like i'm not trying to be a dickhead i'm just saying that like your health is important but it's also important for you to like take it one step at a time so it's sustainable now again kirby's an anomaly she hasn't had a cigarette in three months and she's lost 30 pounds which is insane but like realistically you should just go i need to quit smoking cigarettes and don't worry about the weight right but on new year's fucking eve everybody's like Every single thing about my life, I'm going to fix in one fucking day. And it's like, no, you're not. You're talking about us all not being the rock. I feel the same way about the rock. Like the rock is sort of like Jesus to me, right? As I assume he's, he's still a lot way of people, better than Jesus. Where it's like, he's like my own personal Jesus, the way most Christians are with Jesus, i.e., I look at the rock and the way he lives and the example he sets, and I'm like, that's the way a person should be. I'm not going to do At any all. of that. Can't. Ever. But I should. But it would be better if I did, which right. is how most Christians treat Jesus, I feel like. But no, dude, New Year's resolutions, like, it's just like, listen, man, if there's something about you that you don't like, you should start working on it incrementally. 
and you're the the ticking of one second of the clock isn't going to change any of that now i'm never going to say like don't ever try to better yourself of course do but like the fact that gym memberships go up three hundred thousand percent on january 1st is just a bunch of people fucking lying to themselves Right, yeah, they sign up and then they don't show up, which that's how that's what keeps that's gyms, how they make their money. That's what keeps gyms the afloat, fat tax. Dude. That's the what fat Christian Finnegan yeah, said. Right. Yeah. yeah, it totally makes sense. Being two dudes from the South, a requirement of ours is that we are able to play Skinnered as loud as we want all the time. And on our big dog speakers, we can do that. And I know you're sitting there thinking like, well, we've got, I've got a speaker. I've got one of them Bluetooth speakers. Yeah, okay. But yours doesn't go up to 105 decibels. And when you do crank it up, it sounds crappy. It's not crystal clear. Unlike the Scout from Big Dogs, our friends down there in Augusta, Georgia, skew, go dogs. They deliver a huge, clear sound. They've got a long battery life it's waterproof it also charges other devices i don't know of any other speaker that does that 15 hours of playback and the coolest thing about these is that you can pair two of them for that like enhanced stereo sound so it's going to sound like you were right there when marshall tucker's up there you know what i'm saying it's wonderful you can't get it with any other speakers at this quality and for this price i'm telling you the big dog scout is now available at bigdogspeakers.com for 99 bucks but you can get 20 percent off with the promo code poa and for more information on the big dog speakers go to bigdogspeakers.com but here's all the information you need to know it sounds awesome it's super clear you can do stereo awesomeness with it listen to seven bridges road by the eagles there are stars in the southern well it sounds better on the speakers than when i'm doing it but i'm telling you get the scout bigdogspeakers.com promo code poa you're gonna get 20 percent off we love y'all rock out baby uh all right what do you think the most iconic version of New Year's Eve is in pretty much everybody's mind. Uh, uh, well, it's a little oh, bit of a oh, trap oh, question, uh, I uh, guess. Uh, but uh, 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 a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. No, that's a that's a Christmas thing. Yeah, but I thought they also did. They sing the all, most iconic experience for New Year's Eve singing for most people. All Times Square, singing Times Time Square, oh, yeah, yeah. the ball dropping. But, it, but, it, but in, in 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 a wonderful life, they also sing Auld Lang Syne. They sing Auld Lang Syne. Yeah, but you're right. Times Square, Auld Lang Syne. Yeah. So yeah, Times Square. Should all acquaintance Time be Square. forgot and oh, never brought to life? Should all acquaintance be forgot and old lang syne? Why is most of the words in that regular and then Some of the main mine. words is weird? I don't know. I don't know what old lang What's syne up with means. That? Yeah. German. It's like Gaelic or something. It's gay. I'll tell you that yeah, much. Well, anyway. Uh, but yeah. It's Times Square. Yeah. Times Square. Clark. Dick Clark. Ball dropping. That's like, that is, at least for Americans, that is fucking New Year's Eve. That's right. the iconic New Year's Eve experience. How do you feel about that? So I've seen so many. Fucking 
kill, no, kill me. Okay. Kill me. So I would pay you I, if someone <laughs> if someone was gonna force me to go to Times Square grand. on New Year's Eve, I'd ten pay grand. at least ten thousand dollars to not do get it. out of it. Yep. I swear to 100%. God. So fuck everything about that. Let me, but how do you feel? Let me tell you how <laughs> I feel about it, Trey, and I'll explain this going back to stand up comedy. When I was in New York, um, this was around 2015, I think. Is that when you got in the writer's workshop? It was 2015. It was. So, you nailed it. So thank you, Well, Trey. yeah, because we went to New York at the same time. Right, and it was right. fun. And so I got there, and of course I was trying uh, to do stand-up there. I'd been doing stand-up for like tw 10 years at the point. I was like, I'm going to do it here. My first paid gig that I ever got in New York, and and it was, it was going to be 50 bucks, but like, that's a paid fucking gig in New York. You know, I'm excited about it. Now, I didn't know anything about how New York works. So they were like, here's the address to this place that you're going to do a show at. So I get on the subway still early on. I'm I'm kind of terrified of subways, mainly because I'm like, I'm going to forget. Like, how does this go? You know, and I get off. And as soon as I walk up, I realize that the the train stop that my show is on is Times Square. And mind you, this is not during New Year's Eve. This is just a regular day in Times Square. <laughs> I, I have a also regular, accidentally ended up in Times Square without meaning nightmare. to. <laughs> yeah, right. And again, <laughs> this is not on the Super Bowl of Times Square. This is a right. regular day in Times Square. I walked up the subway station. And I swear to God, because you know how my anxiety is, and I've recently gotten help for it, but at the time it was like as bad as it ever been. I almost, and it was just right across, all I had to do was cross the street to get to the place. And I almost texted the booker and was like, I, I can't, can't do it. it. I swear to God, like in my brain, I was like, I'm getting right back on that train and I'm going back down because like, it was just like. Fat Spider-Man, skinny Spider-Man, Mexican Spider-Man, fucking black Tony Stark, like just like, which not that there's any, any, of, wrong that, any of those things, but like, it's just chaos. It's just fucking chaos in Times Square. And I, because that was a Tuesday in May, I genuinely can't imagine what it's like on New Year's Eve. And I've seen so many things about people are like, yeah, you just piss in bags. Right. I was going to say, so I'm like, they, fuck so, that. So. They cordon it all off. They're in like pens. They put up like partitions all in Times Square and they're, they call them pens. And it's like the most coveted pens are near the ball and then it goes back towards the back. Obviously, the ball drops at midnight. People start showing up at eight, nine in the morning that, that day. And once you get into the pen, I ain't even no game once on. Once you get into the pen, you can't leave. You can't leave and no. come back. And there's no bathroom right and you're not allowed to drink there i'm sure Wait, people what? people do people do i'm sure but no you're not like uh, as far as the rules so go, all them people are ostensibly sober ostensibly sober i'm sure they're mostly not but at the same time it's like if you can't actually access a bathroom you can't be drinking right but yeah people bring bottles they wear diapers and shit they piss on themselves there's no reason to for that. stay there's out no just to see the ball drop but they'll get there fucking 15 hours ahead of time and then stand there the whole 15 hours in one place without moving, without drinking, without hitting, without doing anything with no access to a bathroom. And then you get surrounded by a million other people. Right. And it's like, why in God's name does 
anyone fucking do the that. Experience. I don't understand Just it. Just to say that I don't you like did big it. crowds anyway. No, me but either. Like, but also, by the way, it's fucking thirty degrees right. the whole time, or less. And it's like they. But they have concerts and they put on shows and shit, but they're like but you're sitting there teeth chattering, just like Ugh, also you, the way they're set up, you're not like, seeing it right exactly. Like you're not; it's not actually hitting. And for you're you. pissing on yourself. So there's like the only remotely hitting version of it that I'm aware of is a lot of the the businesses and restaurants and stuff that are around Rooftops. there will let you spend money to get like a spot at a table so it's like I've heard people say it's like this is the this is the only reason to ever spend a lot of money to go to Olive Garden because there's a Times Square Olive Garden and apparently for 400 <laughs> for $400 a person for $400 a person I guess, according to what I read, you can get a reservation at the Times Square Olive Garden, right, where there is a bathroom where you can drink. I'm fine with that. They'll, uh, yeah, dude. That right. sounds because like that it, I can kind of get with. I a get little wanting bit, to but see just it. going there and standing the whole it time. It makes it's no like, sense. I, I, I don't. I because don't get it. it. Because I don't again, get it. as I've said to you, I don't even want to participate in New Year's. At my own home. Right. <laughs> like in the comfort of my own house, staying up till 12 o'clock on a fucking like Tuesday is the dumbest shit. Like, I don't, I don't care. You know what? Yesterday I woke up and it was a different day. I bet you that if I just go to sleep and wake up, it'll be New Year's. Right. It makes no sense. Now, are you going to get into the dinner? What like at Olive Garden? No, no, no. Like the like the thing about the only thing about New Year's that hits for me. It's my favorite meal of the year. The black eyed peas and shit. Black eyed peas, cream spinach. Uh, fucking my mama makes cornbread. There's mashed potatoes. There's macaroni and cheese. That's there's... New Year's Day though, right? Yeah, right. But yeah. I'm saying like you like back in the day. I like I would get excited about hanging out with my friends from New Year's. Y'all do hogs, y'all, or what do you do? Mom, because Katie, Katie's family in Wayne's there was no Katie's, hogs jaw. Ka for Katie, hogs jaw is like it's black eyed peas, grains, and hogs jaw, and it's like you got to have that. And uh, I like hogs jaw. No, I hogs mean I like hits. I like hogs jaw too, but it wasn't hogs jaw for us. I think Mom does like meatloaf or something. But like then there's all the other standards. But like it's just like bacon. That's the only all it is. the only reason that I ever liked New Year's Eve was because you know nothing, no meal hits harder than when you're hungover. So I always loved Mama's New Year's Day meal when I had been drinking the night before, and so right. I was well, just see, sort well, of know, associated. I ain't really got a Mama that much. So yeah, right. Like, I'm sorry. So yeah, I ain't had that. I forgot. I can't bring up love and family without mm, triggering. Don't hit you. for me. It triggers me. Yeah. No, I just uh, we. I just straight up my family. My whole. I literally didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Until I met Katie and got and together with her. it's wonderful. It's a great and meal. And she informed me that was a thing. Yeah. But, but that's the truth. I didn't even that's know. That's the only so part of... That, that's not like a special part of it for me. She makes me do it, and it don't not hit for yeah, me. Yeah, because it's a great meal. But right. that's the only part of any of the New Year's celebration that hits for me. Like, I don't even watch the ball. I, I used to stay home, and I would at least put on Dick Clark's thing and like just kind of lay there and just like text or whatever but like i don't even like 
I don't give a fuck. I would literally rather well, I mean, watch Daredevil a second time. Well, that's clearly true because we keep referring to it as Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, right. and he's been right. dead for probably eight years, right? Well, so is Ten Kid years. Craddock, but it's still so Kid it's, Craddock in the morning, baby. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's Seacrest now, I think. It is Seacrest, but it's still so, Dick Clark's Rockin' Eve. So, moving on, we never said this up top, but I'm I'm keeping... So, when we get to Professor Cho, we're back to fuck y'all shit up with Stoner Cho. We told y'all Stop two show. weeks ago we were going to keep talking about the Fermi Paradox, then we skipped a week, but we are going to be back to it now. That's the paradox. It, you know what's funny is, I don't think on last week's episode we explained any of that. We didn't. We just didn't. So, we'll have to do we'll that do it and clear in the airs, airs which we've is, already done that. And... What's funny is we're saying right now, we'll do that in clearing the airs, and I bet you we, we don't. don't. <laughs> Which is the paradox. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to finish the Fermi talk later with Stoner Cho, but I'm keeping it on theme, talking about where uh, fancy people and trash people overlap. Bubbly drinks. Mm. Drinks that bubble. It's on theme, because New Year's Eve, what do you do? You pop the bubbly, right? You got the bubbly, That's you got accurate. champagne and shit, right? So it seems on theme, and everybody knows rich people love bubbly shit, champagne, sparkling water, stuff like that. Trash people, Mountain Dew, mm-hmm. Sody Pops, right? Coca-Cola, fucking I would say massive. Prosecco is in there, too. Massive, yeah, Prosecco's in yeah. there, so... So, so getting into bubbly drinks, uh, you're super white. Like, <laughs> I mean, I am. Where, well, where are you at on uh, where are you at on bubbly drinks? I mean, I love them, dude. When I was a kid, uh, like I long gave up soda because it it was explained to me that was like hey, soda make you fat. It was like, hey man, you fat, you can give up this one thing. And I was like, yeah. well, I don't love that one thing enough to justify that, this thirty pounds. That was the very first thing I ever did. That was effective in trying and trying to work. I was a fat kid, right, growing up. And when I was like a freshman in high school, I stopped drinking soda, right? And I lost weight. And that was the first time in my childhood I actually lost. That was the first thing that was effective, which makes all the sense in the world because it's, you know, every single one of them is of 150 calories. And I was having a six pack a day or more. Uh, and they don't tell you that. But anyway, just uh, bubbly shit in general hits for you. Oh, my God. I mean, you when do I stop- brunch. You do brunch. You do mimosas. Now, that's you call mainly because of my, mimosas. my that's mimosas. How, that's how much they hit for you is you took ownership of it. That's my mimosa. You think this your mimosa? I call them my mimosa. Yeah, he calls them my mimosa. So bubbly drink. Like, so I gave up soda, but realistically what I did was I just gave up the regular sugar-filled version. I definitely still kept drinking diet versions. Like, Diet Dr. Pepper rules for me because, like, yeah, bubbly drinks are awesome. Again, I just don't want the one with all the sugar in it. Well, I do want the one with all the sugar in it, but it's not worth it to me. But, like, dude, a good, crisp fountain mm-hmm. diet Dr. Pepper will send my cock into my butt, did if you that makes know, sense. Which did you don't. know that, A, that's a uniquely human thing, and, B, we don't really know Birds exactly don't drink what, soda? No. But people, scientists and shit have tried to give bubbly drinks to mice and shit, and they don't fuck with it. Explode them. They're like, that ain't it. That don't hit. Right? So it's just humans. So our stomachs can just handle it more? And people try, why do we like bubbly drinks? And people don't really exactly know. Right? So there's this, first of all, 
you add carbon dioxide to water, that makes the bubbles, right? So right. the carbon dioxide in the drink creates carbonic acid. Carbonic acid reacts to these enzymes we have on our taste buds, right? Uh, and that enzyme that makes bubbly drinks feel the way they feel to us, apparently mountain climbers and stuff, they'll take a drug that, uh, it's for altitude sickness, but another effect of the drug is it blocks that particular enzyme. What? And those people report that when that enzyme is blocked, bubbly drink like champagne tastes like Gross. dishwater. Oh my god! It says terrible. And that why would anybody ever drink it? It tastes like shit. So like when a that, cilantro when type that thing? enzyme is blocked, but when that enzyme isn't blocked, there's something about it. It creates this like acidic reaction in our mouths. And it hits for people, but it's also like, if you look at it chemically, it should not hit, right? right. It's like an acidic reaction that should be unpleasant. and so Because it's sour. So it's, it's sour, right. And so some people have compared it to like spicy foods. It's yeah. like, why do spicy foods hit for us? Oh. And they think about bubbly drinks the same way. It's like... We like to be hurt, right? Because it does kind <laughs> of sting. It's like, well, people, well, people have uh, postulated, they've posited, they've pontificated, mm. right? That uh, they've done this about that they've done this about that. It's part of what makes us human. Like it hurts, but in a way hurts that so we good. it hurts, but in a way that we know we're going to be fine, right? It's like. This it's is like getting tickled. This is painful, or eating real spicy wings or whatever. It's like this is painful. It's damaging, but I, but I'm not in any actual danger, right? right? And so there's so it's also kind of, it's kind of exciting. It's an exciting thing. There's a, there's another element to it where like having bubbliness in a drink makes people perceive that drink as being colder than it actually is. Really? It adds an element of coldness. And if you ratchet up the actual coldness, it increases the pain, which right. I've experienced. If you of try course. to if you, if you chug try to chug, a Mountain Dew. If you try to chug an ice cold, bubbly drink, it fucking hurts. hurts in a good like, way. Like you can't you almost can't do it. Yeah, you burp if immediately. It's cold enough. So it's like it has an illusion of coldness, which is maybe what adds to the refreshing aspect. Do you know what I mean? It also because feels dirtier. Like you, like you know, I know, like drinking a carbonated water, like a seltzer or whatever, will hydrate you the exact same as drinking. That's true. A regular thing of water, but it takes me longer. Like a bottle of water, I can chug. So I'm like, I get my water in. But like a seltzer, I'm like, ooh, this is like a whole thing. Like, right. and you're right, it does have sort of like a, it's not, but it is a spice. Like, it's just it's, like, it's just like on the like, tip of your it's tongue. It's almost spicy. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, which makes so, it hit. But, so the bubbly water, yes, you're right. It is, it does hydrate you exactly the same amount that regular water does, right? But like you said, it's harder to drink though. And also I'm wondering, like, I... Maybe because it's harder to drink, also because it gives me gas or whatever. But like, if I'm like thirsty, I want regular water. I want regular water. Yeah. I I can't I can't do. Matter of fact, I don't really fuck with sparkling water. Period. I, because I do. Because, I like because it. when I want water, I just want water. Yeah. Which is most of the time I want water. Other bubbly drinks like what you're doing right there. 
bubbly alcohol drinks and stuff yeah i'm down with the bubbly part i get how bubbly hits uh but it's universal it's across socioeconomic spectrums right fancy people like i i was so convinced that bubbly water sparkling water i was like fancy people love that shit right right and I tried to look it up, and all I found was other places saying, we all know how fancy people love sparkling water. Right. Like, I couldn't find With any, no like, explanation any, I couldn't find all. any actual explanation or actual hard data well, for it's it. because it costs more, and there's a there's right. a there's another element to it. Like, you go anybody to, can get water. So you go to, like, a nice restaurant, right, and you fancy, and they ask you, do you want water? Do you want sparkling or flat yeah. And you're like, well, I hit. Yeah, so right. So I need sparkling. sparkling. Yeah. I don't want flat. Like I want a fucking shit to peasant sparkle. Right. Yeah. We that the me and you, I think, were together when we experienced that for the first time. We were with our buddy Rich Super, and we were at a dinner. And I've never been asked if you want sparkling or regular. Like it was always just like where everywhere we go. Like if you're at O'Charlie's, they just bring you a water like mm -hmm. you just get a water and then it's like do you want something aside water and you're like yeah but like they were like hello uh i'm your water giver and they're like do you want sparkling or do you want flat and again the name sparkling just seems like well that hits so that's what i want right yeah, I don't know, but it just seems like they love it. And then, of course, champagne among the fanciest of drinks. We've talked about champagne in the past, but it's sparkling wine. It's sparkling wine that's made in that specific region of France. The champagne region. Outside of that, it's just sparkling wine or it's Prosecco or whatever, but it's all the same thing. But it just, there's this thing that's like. Black you, people love if it. If you make a drink bubble. Am I wrong? Black people love it. Prosecco. They love it. That's what I've heard. Uh, I don't. I mean, white people love it too, don't they? They do. I feel but like white I'm, women fucking love prosecco. Oh, maybe my sister is that a place where it my overlaps? sister-in-law, a very white woman, loves her some prosecco. Well, but maybe that's yeah. really, I don't, maybe I think prosecco. I think like white women is what I think. But I'm not saying black might people be one don't of them love, things where just everybody likes. It might be. Yeah, it might reach across racial lines. You know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean that as a negative way. Of course, I just not. know that I've always heard black women just be like, "I want some prosecco." I mean, but yeah, I, I've you, tried it, and I feel like they would. Maybe they do. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm it not. It does aware have of it. that little sting at the tip of your tongue that I right. Fancied. So you take a drink, you add bubbles to it, and all of a sudden it hits harder for people. But also, I feel like it's fancier all of a sudden. It is. It's a hundred percent. that sparkles, that's fancier than just regular right. flat ass wine. But that's weird because getting in the other part of it, like they don't think that the well, wine well, people. No, you have shit like Mountain Dew and stuff, right? Not fancy, which at all. is the very opposite. Like you, you, they add bubbles to all that trash juice, and it don't make anybody feel like it's fancy. So, like, what? What's the difference? Okay. What makes some shit feel fancy because it's bubbly, but other bubbly shit is like the trashiest okay. concoction on planet Earth? Like, why? Let's get into this, though. <laughs> you would think it's like you add bubbles to something that already hits, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you've drank a flat Mountain Dew. Don't hit. Don't hit. Don't hit. But the bubbles are the only thing that makes it hit. I, I'm not going to sit here and say the bubbles are the only thing that well, makes Mountain sugar Dew be hit. doing it. Right. Just the but sugar if you drink a flat it. Mountain Dew, if that you take hit. the bubbles away, that, it don't hit. That's true. That's true. But, but yet, 
if the bubbles was the only thing that hit, then bubbly water would hit, hit just harder as than hard Mountain as Dew. Mountain Dew, which right. it don't. No, it don't. So, like, it's not just the bubbles that do it. But, but yes, you take you take Mountain Dew, you remove the bubbles, get that the fuck away it's from It's actually, me. it's very weird because it's like, to me, what, regular water hits harder than bubbly water, in my opinion, when I'm thirsty. I me gotta too. have regular water. 100%. Now, I do, now, if I'm just like, if I'm at a party or something and I don't want to drink, I like a um, LaCroix because it somehow stimulates that, like, the bubbles hit me. This is something other than water, so I like this. Mountain Dew Flat don't hit, but then also, I had one time, and I'm so mad that I did, there was a carbonated sweet tea, and I thought- I've never had that. I didn't know that was a thing. And I thought to myself, well, okay, so- of Tea hits- Tea hits. Bubbles hit. Bubbles hit. Right. This must hit because, like, I looked at it as, like, well, regular sweet tea is just, like, flat Mountain Dew. So then if you add bubbles to it, it must hit harder. harder. And I was so offended. I was like, this ain't or how this should, you know? Do people bubbly up coffee? I don't want it. Is there bubbly coffee? I don't want it either. That's what I'm saying. There is, though. That's weird. But I don't want it. Well, that's weird that there's things that hit for people. Like carbonated coffee. Adding bubbles to shit seems to hit for people, but there's certain drinks that we've all just universally agreed on. Like milk. You don't like carbonated milk. No, No, dude. You don't Don't want fizzy milk. And you know why? I bet you there's a reason, though, that they don't do it is because the, uh, the, the acids in there would curdle the milk. Like it maybe, wouldn't be able to maybe, do it. Maybe, but I feel like even if you remove the chemistry Wait. from it, just the idea of bubbly milk, that ain't it. No, that ain't it. Bubbly tea, bubbly coffee, that ain't it. Coffee soda. Look here. What is carbonated coffee? It's exactly what it sounds like. Sparkling coffee. It's a refreshing new way to enjoy coffee. The depth and flavor of cold brew combined with the effervescence, which is the perfect word to describe that, of sparkling water. No, I'm not for that. I don't like... Oh, shit, I've had that. Does it hit? The mid... No. Don't hit. No, it didn't hit. You heard it here. Carbonated coffee, don't hit. Don't hit. No, I want flat coffee. I want it to taste like the beans. I want it to... Uh, be bitter, but not. What do you think is the trashiest uh, bubbly drink? Mountain Dew. It's got to be. Ma- I mean, famous, it's, it's far as famous. As far as famous, code, Mountain Dew Code as Red. As far as famous yep. ones, Mountain Dew Code Red, right? Probably Miller uh, High Life. But like you put, right? Yeah. Then you got beer because that's the beer champagne of beer. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what about uh, which? By the way, that is. The, but what? What about like? What about like mountain lightning and shit? Do you know what I mountain mean? Mountain lightning, like like the, you take like the Walmart version of Mountain yeah. Dew, Bubba Coke. That's got to be trashier, right? That's way. Also, what mountain about lightning. like Surge? Oh, Surge is super trashy. Uh, Monster Energy drinks. Yeah, that's a bubbly drink, and that is super. I think Monster Energy, like Red. It's funny because like Monster Energy drink and Red Bull are ostensibly the same thing. But because of their branding, like Red Bull has a very Richard Branson type brand about mm. it. You know what I mean? Like we're on a sailboat. Monster Energy Drink is just like, we're about to fuck our yeah. sister. Yeah, we're on a you dirt know? bike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's that. But like, 
you know, Miller High Life, the reason that they call it the champagne of beers is because they don't change anything about the taste. It's basically Miller Lite, but they add more carbonation to it. Mm. So it is more bubbly. So thus, it's the champagne of beers. But like, if we're talking about just stereotypically, I think that like Mountain Dew stands alone. Right. Like Mountain Dew is the, and like, and it makes me mad because like everybody's just like, look at all these Mountain Dew drinking dum-dums down in the South. But then when I go to make a joke, I always use Mountain Dew because it just works. Yeah. Well, it was literally made to be mixed with moonshine Moonshine, or whatever. Uh, And yeah, I mean, it's Mountain Dew. Well, I mean, it's Mountain, hillbilly shit. Mountain it's, Dew is what they called moonshine. Right, yeah, right. So, you ever hear that joke? What do you call the sweat between Dolly Parton's tits? What do you call the sweat between Dolly Parton's tits? Hold on. Um, is it Mountain Dew? Is it Mountain Dew? It yeah, is. Okay. It is Mountain Dew. Okay. <laughs> I'll but, tell yeah, you what, obviously, I'd pay $1,000 for it bottled. So obviously humans across the socioeconomic spectrum love bubbly drinks, and we don't entirely understand why, and it seems to be a somewhat uniquely human phenomenon, which I thought was interesting on this, the eve of the new year, it when is a lot of people are going to be popping bubbly drinks and going in. And they do. Having, having said that, I now would love to continue talking about fucking aliens. Let's not do about it. fuck like not about fucking aliens. Well, but I would. About, yeah, right. Just for the story, but just I bet about aliens, aliens pussies would be like super mushy. You know what I mean? Mushy. Yeah. Okay. Like because they're like they're all gray and kind of like wet looking. Okay. Don't you think that when you think of an alien, you think there's like, oh, they glisten. They're kind of wet looking. Like, I bet they're. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. So right right after after this, this. right after this, we'll have fuck your shit up with Stoner Cho part two on the Fermi paradox in just a second. We'll be right back. Everyone wants to save a little cash this time of year, and America's Best Value Meal Kit helps you do just that. We're talking about our friends over at Every Plate. They're 25% cheaper than grocery shopping, which means you can put the money you save towards gifts for friends or family or, you know, just just yourself. These are crazy times. Treat yourself right. I know people think that meal kits have to be expensive, but I'm telling you, you get the same convenience and deliciousness at a much lower price with our friends over at Every Plate. They got super quality ingredients. They come pre-portioned. So not only do you save money, but you're not wasting a bunch of stuff. Like that bag of greens that you know you're like, I'm going to make a bunch of salads this week. And you don't. Babe, come here. Babe, come here. Come here. My wife wants to tell you about, hey, what will we eat earlier from Every Plate? French onion chicken. It was awesome, and my wife made it. And do you normally cook? Every now and then. Oh, hush, you don't. She doesn't cook. She's always like, I don't really know what to do. But she cooks all the time with every plate because they give you the ingredients and they give you the directions right there. It's so simple. Even me and my wife's country asses can do it. So cozy up to new seasonal dishes featuring the highest quality ingredients like Tuscan mushroom penne and broccoli and cheddar mac and cheese. Or, as she said, we just had the French onion chicken, and it was divine. All right, there's a lot of stuff going on this time of year, and you're tired from doing all the other stuff we had to do during the holiday season, so let every plate help you out. You ain't got to go to the grocery store and nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? And again, it is so affordable, all right? So affordable, and I I love it. We've been using every plate for several years now. 
It's just, we don't have to think about it. That's one of my favorite things. Just like every week, we're like, all right, we're having these things because we selected them. You know what I mean? And they're awesome. So if you just want to get your first box for $1.49 per meal, well, you can do that by going to everyplate.com and entering the code POA149. So get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal on your first box by going to everyplate.com and entering the code POA149. That's everyplate.com, promo code POA149. All right? You can get a super sweet deal. It is an $110 value. I'm telling you, it's Professor Cho and Mrs. Cho approved. Absolutely wonderful. Do yourself a favor. Also, by the way, I don't I don't think that this was uh, a thing that they even told me to say, uh, but I find that I learned... I've learned a lot about cooking by using these. You know what I mean? Like, I would have never known that lemon zest was something that should be in everything, but every plate has hooked me up. So there's kind of some free cooking lessons in there, too. Check them out. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. We're back, Airheads. It's time once again for Fuck Yo Shit Up with Stoner Cho. This is part two of the Fermi Paradox. Last time we talked about how... So the Fermi Paradox is there's all these goddamn stars and planets out there in the fucking sky, and we know about it, but yet nobody lives on them as far as we can tell. We've never seen any evidence of their existence. Why is that? In the first part, we talked about the idea that, well, we don't see them because they don't exist. How is it possible they don't exist? We talked about the great filter. They existed, but they're all dead. They haven't made it yet. Whatever. We talked about all that. Now we're going to talk about the second possible explanation. They do exist, but there are reasons we are unaware of them and what those reasons might be. That's true, Trey. And I'm reading from, it's called, what's it now? What's what now? Wait, but why? Wait, but why? All right. So here's what group two is. And I cannot wait to get into this. Group two explanations get rid of any notion that we're rare or we're special or the first at anything. On the contrary, they believe in the mediocrity principle. I'm certain that you're familiar with this, whose starting point is that there is nothing unusual or rare about our galaxy or solar system or planet or level of intelligence until evidence proves otherwise. There's also much... Uh, less quick to assume that the lack of evidence of higher intelligence brings uh, evidence of their non-existence, emphasizing the fact that our search for signals stretches only about 100 light years away from us, which is 0.1% across the galaxy, and suggesting a number of possible explanations. And, uh, well, here's a couple of them. So possibility one that I would like to talk to you about Super intelligent life could very well have already visited Earth, but before we were here. This is one of my favorite ones, right? Because it su- 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 supposes, supposes, it presupposes, 
when we're talking about like the pyramids, right? And we're talking about um, uh, what's the thing that we went and saw in Europe? The we saw a bunch of shit in Europe. Stonehenge. 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 Yeah, but so in the scheme of things, sentient humans have only been around for about fifty thousand years, with a little blip of time. If contact happened before then, it might have made some ducks flip out and run into the water and that's it but further recorded history only goes back 5,500 years a group of ancient hunter-gatherer tribes may have experienced some crazy alien shit but they like just didn't have any good way to tell anybody about it which to me would explain jesus okay we talked last time about your buddy Big Ass John. It was five hundred seventy-five pounds having Seven. his having his uh uh having his theory about that, like Jesus all the gods being an were alien. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that we'd but, already but, done but, you know, that. Just it's hard for us to conceptualize, but like we've only been around for a very short amount of time, going back to literally when we was in caves. Right. From caves to now is a sliver of Earth's history, let alone the galaxy's history. So it's very easy to imagine that aliens swoop by at some point, you know, and we're just way, like, before, way before we were able to deal with or do anything about it, and then they fucked off because they're like, this place don't hit. You know, it could have very easily happened. Yeah, because, like, it's the time, it's like what we talked about numbers and how they get up to some wild right. shit when they're together. Time be wild like that. Right. Like, I, I read this thing. I re, uh, it was this uh, book by Bill Bryson, the A Short History of Nearly Everything. Right? He's wonderful. He's great. And it's a great book. And I think I fucked up the title a little bit, but it's something like that. And there's this analogy in it that I thought was incredible. It's like, if you, if you do a Jesus pose, right? I can't do it sitting here. But if you hold your arms out at T-posing to both ends, right? From the end of one of your... From the end of one middle fingertip to the other one, that's all of Earth's history. That's all right. of Earth's history. From this finger to this finger, right? That's all of Earth's history. If you took a nail file and ran it over your middle fingernail one time, you would erase all of recorded human history. Right. Because that's how little we've actually been Impacted here. and done right. anything. And so... It's almost arrogant or whatever to assume that aliens ain't around because we haven't fucked with them because there's so many other opportunities for them to have come by and done shit and whatever else. And we just would have no way of knowing. It also like, I don't know, like think about Prince. Prince? Yeah. Like the, the rock star Prince? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Think why, about Prince. What about Why Prince? couldn't he be an alien? Or like all these people that we cannot fathom how they have so much talent okay it's like so, what if they were just from another planet that's literally another, that's another one of these possible explanations i think this is about to upset you but uh i'm feeling uh anal or whatever right now can i can i sort of take the driver's seat on this one a little bit is that okay with you do you think Are that's you okay going to upset that? me? Yeah, I do. I do think that. Is that but we're, we're no, going to be okay? Wait, you okay. really think that would upset me? Well, maybe a little bit. Cause no. Because I, I thought you might view it as a reflection Trey, upon how you're doing, no. which is not what I want to do. No, I don't at all. Trey, listen. Because one of the I personal just, explanations. I love talking to you about stuff. If you want to take the driver's seat, <laughs> so, go ahead. So one of the do possible, you want me to put this away? Uh, sure, if you want to. Okay. So one of the possible explanations is that 
aliens do exist. They're around us. We called it the men in black principle last time. But right. the idea that people like Prince or people like that, they are aliens. We're just unaware of it, right? By the way, this is going to be a three-parter. Right. Just so, letting everybody know. I don't know. I think we can get through it. No, we so, can't. There was so much more to scroll Possibility through. one is that they came by, but we just weren't around for it because we've only been around for a minuscule amount of time. Possibility two, uh, the galaxy has been colonized. There's all kinds of alien shit going on out there in the universe, but we live in like the backwoods of the galaxy, right. the backwoods of the universe. Like we're the rednecks and, of the whole well, fucking... And so the analogy is like, if you think about it, the Inuit tribes in Alaska, right? Way, way up in Alaska right they had no concept of what was going on with european colonization in the rest of america right like shit was getting fucked up and they were native and they were just eating gefilte fish right european well yeah they're not jewish but yeah they were eating seal you don't think that people that aren't jewish can eat gefilte fish seal butt and stuff right but uh yeah while all the other like indigenous tribes in the contiguous u.s part of the continent that's so wild to think up. about like every their whole universe was getting upended and by european no colonization but the inuits in alaska they had they didn't know anything about it they do now but for a long time they had no clue right it hadn't reached them maybe we are the inuits of the universe like right. we're just in we're in some backwater some galactic backwater right and it just it just hasn't reached us yet or well, whatever. And also we fail to realize that like how intelligent some of these people could be because yes. like there's a lot of dudes that I know that are way fucking dumber than me and I observe their life all the time and they don't know that I'm observing their life and judging them and talking about how much they don't hit and thinking to myself, I'm not going over there and fucking with them. So, like, it way, could be that... You're almost in a different dimension. That's what I'm saying. It could be that in a different, a completely different galaxy where, like, there's aliens that are looking down and just being like, can you believe this fucking bullshit? And they're like, I just ain't gonna fuck with it. Well, and, sort of on a related note, another possible explanation is that we have this very human-centric idea of colonization in the first place. So basically the idea is like... A British idea about it. Right. The, the idea is like any other intelligent species or civilization, it doesn't necessarily follow that they would try to colonize everywhere. Right. They might be beyond that. They might be beyond the whole physical world. Like you might evolve to a point where you They're upload yourself, you upload yourself to the cloud, live in a fucking eternal cloud heaven or right. whatever and why would you fuck with the rest of the galaxy why right, would you it makes fuck no with other sense. solar like, systems why do we want to like, go down there it's not worth doing right so like right. maybe that's how it works and there's no re like we think of we think of advanced societies as being the way we were where it's like we got to go find other shit take all their shit fucking kill them give them smallpox and fuck their butts right but it's like <laughs> but it's like you don't necessarily have to do that. Right. It's a waste of you your time. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Like they might be beyond thinking about it that way. And if they are, what they wouldn't be fucking with us. They wouldn't be going out and being around anywhere. Like, you know, why would they do that? Well, there's also that Louis used to have a bit about how he doesn't think that we are from here. 
like he doesn't believe that human like earth is human's natural habitat and his reasoning for saying that is because of like sunburns and uh allergies and stuff like that he's like it just yeah. doesn't se- it, it seems like our universe is rejecting us and that doesn't seem like a thing that right. should be so you- that that is another possible explanation is that like we are the aliens like we're we're an experiment we're lab right. rats in a thing or whatever but we are aliens we were not uh we're not indigenous to this planet we were put here and we're being observed this whole time as we go through this whole experiment that we call life which don't hit no right? it does not hit right but it's like if someone if some larger if some grander civilization set that up like they would keep us from because that's the zookeeper that's about, the zookeeper part of it right that we're right, being well, that, observed well, that's kind of a that's a analogous but separate idea that like what you're talking about right now is basically the uh like in star trek they have the prime directive yeah right where it's like do not interact with these species you know it's the way we treat like endangered species or certain a little bit but not that much the patrick stewart years are amazing yeah i I watched those when I was a kid because, yeah. of course, I did. But I haven't gone back and revisited them. I'm but a big, like, I'm a big episodic space dude. So like Doctor Who and Star Trek and all those, and they get into a lot but, of these bullshits. But basically, so it's sort of two separate things. One idea is like if we are the aliens, if we were put here and it's some sort of experiment, they would keep the experiment contained. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They would protect. We're behind glass. They would. We're behind glass. They would protect us from interacting with all the other species and civilizations out there because that would fuck their experiment up. Right. So, like, that would explain I'm why we haven't so seen it. I'm so scared right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm it gets, so scared right now. It gets scarier. Yeah. All right. With these different explanations, but the other one you alluded to. The By the zoo, way, producer Russ, mark down that I need to do more Professor Show topics where Trey's super interested, so I don't have to work. <laughs> mark. Just write that down, because I am a huge fan of it. Sorry, I'm just... No, no, no. This is my shit. Trey, do not be... When I I first decided I was going to do this and I messaged you, I was like, I think this will hit for Trey. (laughs) It never once crossed my mind that I would be able to cross my arms and just just be like... like, Can you just stop talking? Can I just talk about this for a while? I feel like Corey loves being the color man. (laughs) Oh, I do. I am the color man. Like, that's that's what I do. Like, you do play-by-play. Let me fucking just interject. And so, uh, yeah, this is great for me so right they're related we're we're an experiment so we're kept uh segregated from the rest of the universe by the people experimenting on us but the other like relate ancillary idea to that you said like we're like in a zoo right yeah, right so it's like they're all aware of us all these greater civilizations they're aware of us down here but they have it as part of their laws or their rules that like you don't you don't interject. It's like time travel. You can't them. fuck with something because yeah, it'll it's screw also everything like up. There's that uh, there's that tribe in India that we call the Sentinels, the Sentinelese. I don't know if we made that name up, but there's a primitive tribe on an island off the coast of India. I'm that pretty nobody sure. fucks with. Yeah, you're not allowed to fuck with because if you go there, they'll kill you with spears. Really? But like, but also it's like we have all agreed don't fuck with them. Okay, North Sentinel Island. The North Sentinel is one of the 
Andaman Islands, mm. an Indian archipelago, which archipelago, Trey, is... A bunch of little islands in a row together. That's true. In the Bay of Bengal, which also includes the South Sentinel Island, it is home to the Sentinelese, an indigenous people in their voluntary isolation who have defended, often by force, their protected isolation from the outside world. Right. Holy fuck. You don't you don't know about these guys? No. Dude, they're like they're completely they're completely removed from So they don't know the about world. Taylor Swift well, I, at well, all. Well, they don't know about ta- they don't know about Swifty. No, Michael they don't Jackson. Know about ta- they literally immediately kill anyone that yes. comes to the island. So and like, they're just they, allowed to do you know, that. Well, you know, they see they see planes flying overhead and they're and like, shit that like that. Don't that. They have some idea of it, but they've completely removed themselves from the modern world and yeah like russ said if you try to if you try to go there with like cameras and shit they will kill you but like and how yes, are they allowed to do that because it's that's their shit. That ain't I, our well, shit. I understand that, but like, I mean, you, if dude, somebody well, that, from Iran that, kills an American, we yes. go over there well, and that, fuck with them. That's part of the idea of this particular explanation of it. Is like, yeah, we we could send a battleship over there with a whole battalion and be like, y'all can't be doing this. Fuck y'all. Right. We're gonna put you in jail and do whatever we want. But like, we've all agreed we're not gonna do that. Why didn't the because Vietnamese they, just be like, we're this? You know what I mean? Like, I don't why, know, but like you can just decide, hey, we are people to not be fucked with, and we're gonna keep throwing spears at people and don't fuck with us. Because, like, why don't we all do that? Well, see, but that, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, they, these, these different civilizations at this level, the rest of us have all sort of been like, we're not gonna fuck, we're not gonna interfere, right? We're not they gonna do, do their that. thing. They do their thing, and I'm saying so. The idea is maybe aliens treat humanity that way. Wow, they're like we're not gonna interfere. Like we can observe. Why wouldn't we be primitive? We to can them. observe, but it's against the galactic law right. to interfere with us. And so, if that was the case, they would hide themselves and their presence from us because that's part of their laws, right? So, like, you know, I mean, I feel like that shit makes sense. Do you think there's like a? Do you think there's like an end game, like where like, or is one day we just gonna be chilling? And like, they're just going to roll up and just be like, yo, we've been uh, watching y'all for a while. And what y'all doing? Yeah. That ain't it. Yeah. No, no, no. dude. I'm fucking so scared right now. No, that like that. There's people that have talked about that, too, that it's like the idea. Because this is happening in my brain. This is happening. Well, maybe it's maybe it's not them showing up. I mean, it could be. We could try to pull some shit. They show up and like, hey, we got to interfere. You can't do that. Fuck y'all. We're going to have to take over. Or like, there's a certain point a civilization reaches. Like if we actually figured out. The great out, filter. Well, if we actually figured out. No, I'm talking about a different thing now. If we somehow figured out light faster than light speed travel. If right. someone cracked that tomorrow and it got publicized and then it was like, all right, we're about to colonize the universe. Like maybe at that point, they'd be like, mm-hmm. they jump in and be like, okay, y'all are here now. Listen, here's the deal. Yeah. Right. Here's the deal. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. Or, or you can do that, 
but here are all the law. You are now part of the grander galactic, galactic community. This is exactly what happened when and, Redneck started getting money. Right. <laughs> it is. Redneck started getting... Fucking everybody in the whole goddamn world was just like looking at Rednecks being like, look at them on their boats and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Look at them hanging out like nobody gives a fuck. And then some redneck was just like, I'm going to buy an airport. And all the fucking intergalactic motherfuckers were just like, oh, now, if you're going to do that, you in the real game with us. You know what I'm saying? So, like, fucking shit, man. Like, how... Here, here's an interesting question. You know, what if aliens are not a monolith, just like people, like... You know what I'm saying? They're all there's all different kinds of aliens. Some of them will kill us. Some of them won't. Some of they're at war. Maybe some of them want to attack us, and other ones are like, "Well, I think stopping them from doing it." I think the most like recent, that, right? the most recent possibilities we just talked about. I think in those scenarios, with what you're saying, you have to assume that we have some kind of protect. There's like a large species a that shield. sort of runs the shit, right? That like defends like in civilizations uh, like ours in the MCU like the, the time continue the 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 time people or whatever right they sort of run shit yeah and they and they and maybe there are other species that are adversarial but they deal with them and keep I mean, us it out of it stands to reason if there are aliens there must be more than one kind well right exactly and so right. that's what I wanted to talk about right now that I don't think we talked about in the last episode but like any like you know, most people look at dudes who believe in aliens and go, you're the dumbass. But to me, it is 100% the opposite. It is 100% the opposite. Because here's things that we know. We know that we live in a Milky Way and we're these people down here and this galaxy is huge. And we also know that there are quadrillions of other of those galaxies. And if you, even if you are someone who is a creationist, even if you are someone who is just like, we're, how do you explain why all that other space is there and why we would well, be the only ones? Well, now, first of all, I agree with you. Secondly, you'd have to answer that question for me because, like, you know more about Jesus people than I do because that's the main thing that I wonder about hardcore Christians and stuff is what you just said. How do you explain all that? And I, I'm assuming the answer is like the way they, they talk about dinosaur bones. The devil put the them devil there. Put them there for, so right. I'm assuming they would say that all that is some sort of illusion or something, right. that, but, but I don't know. Can I refine your question, Trey, if you don't mind? Do you, have you guys ever met a creationist oh, in the yeah. South and stuff? Is that a thing? Because I've never, I've never actually spoken Dude, to a real of creationist. Of course, I know... Plenty of people who truly believe that the earth is 6,000 years old. Like, they have to believe that. Matter of fact, if you are a true Christian, you almost can't not believe that. Like, you, that is a huge part of your belief is that the, that God created the earth 6,000 years ago and then three, whatever, uh, 2000, 2023 years ago, Jesus mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. Right. And that they, was a big deal. They, and it was a, it was a, a seminal, I would say mm -hmm. huge deal, split a whole goddamn calendar. No actual like, semen involved. But like in, right. in my mind, in my mind, I like, I always want to say to these people, I go, well, okay, let's say that you're right. Just because you're right doesn't mean that there's not other shit. 
Like Jesus could 100% be real and he could just be some fucking uh, alien overlord that came to this earth and was just like, yo, I'm the dude. I was born of a virgin. Look at me walking on water because he's got fucking web feet and shit. You know what I mean? And then it, but you can believe that and then also think that 300,000 light years away, there is another person right. just like Jesus. A different God. A different God. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I, like I you always can, thought that you too. You can believe it's like, both. You can. You can fully believe in a God for this planet. That doesn't like uh, negate the possibility of some God in another galaxy doing the same shit. Of course, I don't, I don't think believe that in that's either. happening. Right. But I'm saying like, you, they're not well, mutually exclusive. Honestly, like you all could of make this, it, all you of this, make it work. Well, it's crazy well, but because, I, but actually, but they can't though, because part of their whole thing, they're monotheistic, and they, they control the entire there can't galaxy. Be more than one god, like, right? For them, but so honestly, that ruins it all. But, but honestly, though, like all of this actually takes me back to my childhood, and sincerely makes me believe in God more. Not believe in an actual God, but believe in what people say is God. Because if we're looking at all this and going like, we're a zoo species where there's this just like blockade over us and there's this like alien overlord that's like observing us and controlling us, I go, yeah, that's what anyone would consider God. That's what God is. Right. Right. So someone can be both wrong and right at the same time. Someone could say the phrase, if you don't believe in Jesus, you'll burn in hell. And that's wrong because that's insane and that's stupid. But at the same time, Jesus, whoever the fuck that was, this guy who could walk on water and who could touch someone and heal their leprosy and who could that guy could exist. It's just that he's a fucking alien right you know yeah so like one thing does not negate the other it's just i'm i'm fucked up over this no yeah. it's wild no this shit's wild it's the stoner shit so there's two there's two i'm i'm lumping a couple together but there's two like categories of explanations left for the idea that they do exist but we haven't heard from them one of them is like we are conceptualizing the whole thing incorrectly we don't our brains are not capable of perceiving things the way they really are we maybe there's all this evidence of alien life out there but we can't perceive it because of whatever some of our physiology or however it goes and the analogy is like imagine somewhere in this country we're building a new eight lane super highway right, right? And there's an ant hill right. right underneath it. Where the ant hill? The ant hill. They don't. They don't know what that. Like they have no concept of what that is. They can't perceive. Right. They don't know anything about the super highway. Maybe we're the ants in the ant hill, right? So that's one. And then the last one that I'm gonna talk about is, and I, because I think this is the freakiest one, is they call it the dark forest theory, which is the idea that the reason the sky is silent. The reason that we don't hear anything from anybody else is because all of the other intelligent species out there know better than to make any noise because there's one intelligent super predator Ooh. species or just a number of predatory species out there 
that make it their mission to eliminate any emerging intelligent civilizations because they could be a threat to them in the future. So there's other there's other human-like civilizations out there that know better than to broadcast their shit right. out into the sky, but we're sitting over here we're yelling here. like, hey, is he about there? What's going on? Right. And, and they're going to show up and fucking not, you know, wipe us out because that's because that's what they do so the sky the universe is silent for a very 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 good reason we are too stupid to understand it so we're just yelling into the void begging to be eradicated basically and that's the dark forest theory and that's the that's the the end of the possible explanations or at least you know the main ones as i'm aware of jesus fucking christ but like (laughs) to end end this episode that actually makes a lot of sense because that's where my brain kind of works is like every time people are trying to like let's go find the aliens let's go reach out to the aliens i'm like have you ever seen alien movies i think that maybe we need to shut the fuck up so here's i'm not always an optimist but when it comes to you're literally never i know i know but when it comes to aliens i'm a little bit optimistic and here's why i've always felt when it comes to aliens because people even like people infinitely smarter than me like fucking stephen hawking and shit have said like you know if aliens come to earth i think it'll be like when the europeans came to america how'd that go for the native americans and that's the prevailing theory but i've always thought that like alongside any technical and like uh social evolution as a species there would also be a philosophical evolution like we used to just kill each other with knives over nothing we used to put people in stocks on the fucking town square for fucking looking at a donkey the wrong way or whatever and now we don't do that shit because as we evolved technologically we also evolved morally right so i feel like it's very very possible that any species that evolves to that level would also have evolved morally and philosophically past the point where they would eradicate a lesser species right. for they would no make fucking reason. Because, dude... They'd I mean, come the, in and be like, y'all want to hit? Dude, I would say the Sentinelese we were talking about earlier are a perfect example of what I'm talking about. If the Sentinelese had been discovered by the colonists, the uh, colonialists, at the same time that... Uh, America was discovered, we would have killed every fucking one of them. Of course. And we'd be growing sugar cane on that island right now. But they didn't get found then. Right. They got found later. Once we we decided like you shouldn't. Once we decided you shouldn't do that. So we don't do that to them now. So I don't know why we would just assume that aliens wouldn't be the same way that if they did find us they wouldn't treat us the way we treat the sentinelese because they're like oh they're primitive they're dumb they don't hit we're not gonna <laughs> we're not we're not gonna Sorry fucking to any sentinelese that are listening yeah, to this. we're not gonna fucking kill them all right right like i don't know why we just assume that they wouldn't be like that i think it's, it's wow. exceedingly possible that that's how they look at it uh, but that's partially me just telling myself that so I don't live in fear of being eradicated by an alien laser beam. You know wow. what I mean? Well, yeah. thank y'all for listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's about as rogan as we've ever got on it. As right? we've ever hey, got. We didn't mention chimpanzees, though. No, yeah. we didn't, but Those I Those things will fuck you up, dude. They will, bro. I mean, they'll they're fucking They'll rip your heads. fucking dick off, dog. Dude, they'll rip your fucking dick off, and like they're like the brain that they have in their head is like smaller than you think would be in their head but it's all like fucking like Mm -hmm. testosterone filled bro all right we love y'all like subscribe listen to 
Yeah. Uh, listen to Clear in the Air right now, right yeah. after this. But also like, subscribe, download, leave a five star review, download, download, tell your mom and them, share all that, all that, all and, that internet uh, stuff. Call uh, Warner Brothers and be like, these guys should have a movie. Yeah, about and, this shit. Uh, Happy New Year, motherfuckers. Happy New Year, motherfuckers. Twenty twenty three. One two three four. One two three four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs. What's up, Airheads? How y'all doing? Once again, I'm Trayless. I'm so sorry. Trey is still in the holler, deep in the woods in Tennessee, doing the holiday thing with his family. I hope y'all have had a wonderful holiday season. As you're hearing this right now, we're getting ready for New Year's. It's about to be a whole brand new year, and I want to tell y'all how thankful we are at putting on airs on behalf of me and on behalf of, behalf of producer Russ and Trey. Y'all made this year so awesome. The show was more successful than even we thought it was going to be, and here's to an even better 2023. I would love to sing Auld Lang Syne right now, but my throat kind of hurts. Uh, so anyways, just wanted to pop on here to say that. Thank y'all for liking, downloading, subscribing, telling all your friends, all that good stuff. And I hope you just enjoyed this episode, which was on New Year's Eve and the Fermi Paradox, I do believe. So we appreciate y'all uh, sticking with us, even though the past couple weeks there's been some different stuff because of people's travel schedules and whatnot. And I don't know if it's going to be next week, but at least within the next two weeks we'll be back to normal. Trey will be back here with me. But hey, it's your boy the Cho. I'm going to hold it down. Let's get to some emails. Uh, this is <laughs> subject line, the three guys, Yuns. I'd never been to a comedy show until last night. For some context, this was sent to us right after our Nashville show. I'd never been to a comedy show until last night as my brother and I stood in line with an alarming amount of geriatric folks. Did we come to the right place? <laughs> I really wish Trey was here right now because he would laugh so hard at that because we always jo joke about it. It's just true. For some reason, we have a lot of older fans. I don't know why, but I love it because older fans have a lot of money. <laughs> We opined about what exactly the airhead lords might be like in person. There's this weird thing that happens, at least to me, where famous people inevitably end up being taller, shorter, fatter, or skinnier on the street than they appear through the screen. I'm happy to report that y'all are respectively both equally as buttery and gangly as expected. It checks out that Trey is unequivocally the svelte, honky-tonk rhetorician... Is that what rhetorical rhetorician rhetorician of a generation? Even if I was concerned at times that he was going to melon scoop out some crowd mammals eyeballs with those minute bowl fingers. Turns out Corey really is the guy you secretly wish at every party you attend because deep down you know the program must not be worth a damn if he ain't there. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. Uh, when I saw the sweatpants. I immediately knew you were the real deal. Reminds me of the time I accidentally invited a hooker into the condo to funnel a beer and she robbed us and left her crack pipe behind. 
authentic. Uh, thank you very much. That's the uh, aura I try to give off. The security guard outside chatted us up, chatted us up while we waited to go in. Nice guy. Who are y'all here to see tonight? As he walks towards the door to look at the flyer. Oh, the three guys. <laughs> if y'all wonder whether y'all have made it or not, just consider the security guy who saw your faces on a poster only knew that you were three men and couldn't be bothered to read the names that followed. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Anyway, the show was great. We did not come prepared for a six foot three brown man to tell us the best 9-11 joke we ever heard, but here we are. <laughs> That's uh, our buddy Tushar, for those of you that don't know, the Indian outlaw. I don't know if there's a German word for being in a place while feeling that everyone else in the world ought to be jealous that you are there, but there should be. Keep putting on airs, even if y'all's britches ain't quite that big yet. Merry Christmas. Nathan from Kentucky. Well, thank you, Nathan. That did my heart good to read that, and I'll have to pass that along to our buddy Tushar. Uh, here we go. Next, subject line. Y'all finna talk about plastic surgery? <laughs> hey there, Trey, your 2016 porch rant about the North Carolina transgender bathroom bill hit for me so hard that I've been following y'all ever since the days of recording the well-read podcast in the car between shows. I do not miss that. If this isn't already on the POA schedule, I would love to suggest the topic of plastic surgery for the Venn diagram section. That's great. I might have to make a note of that and send it to Trey. While Dolly is the queen and prime example of the intersection of fancy and trash when it comes to plastic surgery, I believe y'all could have some fun digging into why people spend their money on plastic surgery and not. I don't I don't know rent or orth, orthodonita? What? <laughs> I, don't, I, I need Trey here when y'all say big words. Let me read this again. I believe y'all could have some fun digging into why people spend their money on plastic surgery and not, I don't know, oh, rent or orthodontia. Okay, all right. They should spend the money instead on their teeth. I get it. I'm such an idiot. Also, which plastic surgery is trash and which is classy? For example, I'm from rural-ass Oregon, and my aunties stay talking about finally marrying a man who can afford to buy them new titties. They're in their late 50s now, but have not given up hope. My stepmama is the only success story, having married my dad because he drunkenly told her he was a lawyer. Joke's on her. He's a poor-ass DA. What's up, Drew? District attorney. Uh, sorry, wrong podcast. But he did buy her the biggest new titties money can buy on a credit card and then immediately got her pregnant. So she had to have the implants <laughs> removed to breastfeed. Incredible use of time and money. No notes. All in it, it's a good thing they didn't repo them titties, too. All in all, there seems to be a divide between tasteful and trashy plastic surgery. Like Botox and lip fillers are fairly routine for many rich ladies, but buying a big fat ass like Cardi B is trashy. I don't know. Y'all have fun with it. Maybe Google botched lip fillers while you're at it because it's hilarious. Thanks for feeding my trash soul every week, Sam. Man, it's going to be hard to beat these two back-to-back -back emails, which, by the way, I didn't even curate. I decided I'm just going to read the top three most recent ones that we got. <laughs> and so far, y'all are killing it. Let's get to one more. I don't want to read all of these without Trey because there's so many that I want him to hear, and the only way that he's going to hear it is if I read them directly to him. So we're going to save a couple more for hopefully next week. Uh, subject line, comments about collecting shit. 
Hi guys, this last episode was great. Who hasn't sat in their basement all baked out and thinking about aliens and come out the other side an atheist? If we could only get the Bible thumpers to drop some acid, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> you guys had me laughing so hard driving to work I almost drove off the road. Shrimp fountain? OMG. But the first reason for my email is to Corey about his first edition, The Shining. A while back, I dated a guy who did collectibles like as a living, going to antique stores and thrift shops and flea markets and garage-slash-estate sales and all that, looking for things. He did mostly pop culture stuff. Why do I have the feeling, by the way, that this is going to end with me mad? I don't know. I just have that feeling. <laughs> uh, comic books, action figures, that kind of stuff. And he had the eye like Corey. Oh, look, it's an original mega swamp thing figure from blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, but a dog chewed on it. I learned a lot from him. The biggest laugh... Oh, you were complimenting me. Wonderful. The biggest laugh was when Trey kind of gave in about the book being so valuable and the maybe, maybe, because he's right about maybe. While, yes, that was a great find of a, a, a first edition Shining for $30, the thing with collectibles is that until you sell them, the value is all potential. Okay, that's true. But, it, oh, God, I'm, my wife is in the other room, just like, I told you, motherfucker. Like a stone at the top of a hill where the energy is potential until you roll that thing downhill and slam it into something. A collectible doesn't have value until you actually sell it, so someone has to want it and want to pay you what you think it's worth. It might not be worth what you think. The market for various collectible heats up and cools down all the time. You see the womp womp moment in Antiques Roadshow all the time that something used to go for whatever, but now only for a lot less. So it might not be the investment you think it is. Yes, it is. Fuck you and fuck everyone listening to this. Uh, first off, you keep talking about if you get it signed, it'll be worth so much more when he dies. But it's not signed, is it? Go get that thing signed, man. Stephen King is getting old and could kick it any day. Then you're shit out of luck. Get that book signed. He's on Twitter. Seems like a cool dude with his fans. You're a little famous. He's big famous. He'd nerd out about your first edition and probably at least tell you where to meet up. Get it done while you can. Plus, you'd get to meet him, and that definitely would hit. Then, assuming it's signed, other things make a difference in collectibles. What kind of condition is your book in? It's in good condition. Pristine? Good? Kind of good? I'd say good. You see all the time with comic books and things that the teeny tiniest flaw or indication or wear or whatever decreases the value immensely. Is yours in good shape? Yes. Are you keeping it in good shape in protective packaging, handling with gloves, all that BS? If not, you're going to get that forty thousand out. You're not going to get that forty thousand out of it. After he dies, yeah, it'll be more valuable. Valuable, but you'll have to find the person who wants to pay the money for it. You might only get a couple hundred out of it. In which case, keeping it for yourself might have more value to you. I'm a huge SK fan and would love that thing. Point is, Trey's right. I fucking hate everybody. I don't. I love y'all, but Jesus. Point is, Trey's right. It's a cool thing to have, but stuff like that, uh, you can't rely on to bring you money. You have money and aren't looking at that to buy a car or fund your kid's college or anything, but for regular people, it'd be a better financial action to sell it for the 150 and put that in the bank. It may only earn 2% interest or whatever, but you know it's there compounding and not going to get burned up in a fire or otherwise destroyed. Even so, if I had that, I'd hang on to it just to have it. Love you guys. Thank you for the laughs and interesting things to talk about. They're a good distraction from the shit show that is the world today. Happy holidays, Sally Black, Michigan. Okay, Sally. First off, 
fuck you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I get it. Sure, I get but But no matter what, in my opinion, if it, if I spent like two or $300 on it, I would see the point. But there's no goddamn way, in my opinion, that it's ever going to be worth less than $30, which means good decision on my behalf. My wife is walking by just going like, I told this motherfucker not to buy that goddamn book. Anyways, we appreciate y'all. Remember, you can send us messages at puttingonairs at gmail.com. I'm sorry to cut this short, but... As y'all probably noticed as I'm talking, I can't breathe through my nose. My allergies are killing me. I sound like a lunatic, and I'm having trouble catching my breath. So we'll get out of here. Uh, email us at puttingonairs at gmails.com. Thank you so much for sharing this podcast with your friends, uh, for leaving us a five-star review. It takes you two seconds, but it really, really helps us a lot. And if you're only listening to this but want to see the show, remember you can go to watchpoa.com. For bonus stuff from Trey, go to patreon.com slash Trey Crowder. Also, go to TreyCrowder.com to see Trey on the road. I'll be with him on a couple of those dates. I think it has an asterisk by it on uh, his website. And also, for bonus stuff from me, you can go to parttimefunnyman.com. That is my substack. It costs $5 a month. But if you cannot afford, and, and you get bonus podcasts, bonus like essays, I write poetry over there, a lot of bonus cool stuff, rants, like oftentimes daily rants uh, that I do out in the park. I got my sweet little mobile podcast, my little mobile podcast studio set up. Um, it's $5 a month over at parttimefunnyman.com. But if you cannot afford it, just email buttercreamcory at gmail.com and I'll take care of you. No questions asked. We will see y'all next week and stay fancy, motherfuckers. Skew.